0: Woodbury Reports with your host, Lon Woodbury, talking with leading professionals about how parents and others can help their struggling teens, preteens, and young adults. Now, here's your host, Lon Woodbury. Welcome back to the Woodbury Report. I'm Lon Woodbury, located in North Idaho. And here's where we talk to knowledgeable people about all things involved with struggling young people and the programs that are trying to help them. Now, today we're going to try to answer a few questions like, uh, why are illegal drugs popular? What are some substitutions that will appeal to young people? And how can young people be redirected to these substitutions? I have two guests here today, Sam Darwin. Uh Sam, welcome. Glad to have you here. Thanks. Glad to be here. Okay, and the second de- guest is Derek Bowles. Derek, hi. Hey, Lon. And we're going to talk about healing through natural highs, and uh, uh, the substitution for for you know drugs. Uh, kids, uh, all too popular. And to those that are listening live at. Uh, Uh, If it's down there, generally is down there on the lower right-hand side of the picture is a chat function. And so if that comes back up and you have a question or want to make a comment, uh, feel free. We're always open to that. We're watching that all the time. So we're going to talk about healing through natural highs. And my first question is, why uh, is abusing drugs popular? Let's start with that as sort of a baseline. Um, And Sam, you want to start? Yeah.
1: uh Yeah. I mean, abusing drugs is something that it, the high feels good i mean for sure once a kid first tries it and smokes pots or drinks alcohol it it's something that you know right off the bat it's it's a good feeling um it it gives them some acceptance in the the group that they're hanging out with um and yeah it's it's a you know kids can that self medicating piece it quickly takes away so if a if a teenager experiences some anxiety that when you smoke pot that anxiety will go away that depression will go away and in those moments uh that risk seeking for the kid that's kind of a thrill seeker he's gonna smoke that first time and be like wow this is a blast and and there's something about doing something that is illegal that you can get in trouble for so there's that piece of it that they enjoy that risk and then and then just you know just just the feelings for sure that euphoria that comes with with the drugs
0: Okay, well it's something that's real popular and uh, you know the self-medicating I think is pretty popular. I feel crappy, but uh, when I get high, uh, I feel great or at least don't feel crappy. And that's that seems to be the uh, major draw and very a uh, high percentage of young people Either abuse drugs or have from time to time. So now you're talking about something else. You're talking about a natural high. So what's a natural high, and how is it similar and how is it different from uh, from the uh, the drug-induced uh, high? Uh, Derek, you want to start this?
2: Yeah, you bet. I mean, I think I think certainly when you're looking at a natural high, we're we're looking at things to to somewhat replace that that high through drugs and alcohol. And and one of the big differences is when we when we achieve a natural high or a flow state, there tends to be almost zero or no consequences to that or or maladaptive or negative effects to it. You know, when you use drugs um, and alcohol, you can build up a tolerance, and and physiologically, emotionally, it can really start start to hamper that and get in the way of that. When we explore natural highs, uh, whether that's through physical activity, through the arts, through you know work or accomplishment, we tend not to have the negative consequences. It tends to really enrich the body and enrich the mind, and 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 add to the experiences compared to to what we see with, with those negative addictions or those maladaptive addictions that, that ultimately end up hurting the person. Um, and so we're, we're looking for a switch in that, and you know, we still want to, to explore those highs and have those experiences and live life, but we want to do them so it enriches our lives as compared to, to ultimately taking away and, and hurting ourselves.
0: Okay, well, uh, what are some of the things that'll give a a, a natural high? Uh, I, I imagine it's pretty broad. Success in anything, I, I would imagine, would be that. But what do you mean by natural highs? Uh, what What are some of the things that a kid can get a natural high on? Well, I think
2: yeah, certainly could.
1: as we go ahead, mom,
0: go ahead.
2: Yeah, I think certainly as as we look at you know physical accomplishments, whether that's in and you know here at crossroads we explore those in, in a lot of the boarding sports or the extreme sports but but you certainly can reach some of those highs in in any kind of physical activity or physical accomplishments um you know we've heard of the runners high and we've heard of you know uh, folks who who train really hard can can get into the zone or or what we call flow state but but you can certainly accomplish that in in collaboration with others in a group setting. You can accomplish that in in uh, music, um, you know, in writing, the arts, um, you know, and even work itself can create natural highs and, and accomplishment within work. So, so the ability to, to create those really go across a, a, a big spectrum of things. But, uh, you know, some of the things that we focus on specifically are, are the extreme sports and, and some of the mountain sports.
0: Well, and that's the more obvious part of it. Uh, and you mentioned that Crossroads Academy, I was so anxious to get into the subject matter, I forgot to introduce uh, you guys and know what you're back. Uh, Sam say, graduated from uh, BYU with a Ph.D. in marriage and family therapy, worked as a wilderness therapy for seven years, ran an outpatient adolescent substance abuse program for two years, and then started Crossroads Academy in Utah six and a half years ago and is a father of three daughters. And Derek, Derek Bowles, graduated from BYU with a master's in Social Work, worked in a private practice for five years, ran a girls' RTC for two years, and started Crossroads Academy six and a half years ago, working, of course, with Sam. He's the father of two daughters and a son. So that's the background, and they're both with uh, Crossroads Academy, and so a large part of what they're talking about is what they've learned and what they've seen in their experiences at Crossroads Academy and, and previously. So we've defined the high from drugs and what we mean by natural highs, which is can be used as a and they use at Crossroads as a substitution. So talk a little bit more detail about science. What does science say about about natural highs? <laughs> Sam you want to do a Derek likes to
1: talk about this thing about flow, so go ahead, Derek. Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think when we're looking to measure, I mean, obviously, when, when we look at science, we want to measure what that is. And when we're looking at highs or natural highs, the way that science has started to really define that or measure that is what they call flow experience or getting into flow, um, which is an optimal experience of the brain. Um, and that can be achieved, like, like we talked about, a lot of different ways, um, whether that's through sports, through arts, through, you know, group collaboration. But but the idea of being in flow and, and any major kind of sports event that you've seen or Olympic star will always talk about getting into the zone or getting into flow state. Um, it, it, it is a measurable state in the brain where, where really the brain starts to release chemicals that that really then begin to benefit the body and brain. Um, and really it releases them in a way that, that creates ultimate performance and an ultimate sense of well-being. Um, so the science is really moving towards how do we capture this flow state and how do we measure that? and. And they've looked at, and where some of the real research is coming out, is with extreme sports, um, really the X-game sports. And what we've seen in the last 15 to 20 years is that an exponential growth in the ability to perform these sports. Um, just for an example, um, in the early 90s, the largest wave that was ever recorded being being surfed was around 25 feet well in the last 15 years that's just been literally blown out of the water and and now we're having surfers drop into a hundred foot plus waves and and in no time in, in really the history of, of of mankind have we seen such a leap in human performance and a lot of it's being attributed to, to allowing the mind to get into this flow stage um, we, we understand that in the flow stage that creativity and the ability to perform flow through the roof. Um, and what we also find is that the brain then searches out this stage. It really becomes an end in and of itself, meaning that, that the very nature of it is what the brain wants more of. Um, so again when we go back to when we look at drugs we're really kind of tricking the brain or we're tricking the body to creating euphoria's that then cause the body to have uh, maladaptions or deficits you know there's withdrawal there's you know the the central nervous system can become hyperagitated well in the flow stage when it's naturally induced none of that happens we actually create a greater sense of well-being we help heal in that stage and so the the research is really showing that this is a very real stage it really is something that that can benefit us as people and actually help us perform at a much higher rate. And so the measurement comes about how to get into that flow stage, how long can you stay in that stage, and then the benefits to the body from there.
0: I think you're talking about what I've understood is, you know, the pleasure centers, stimulating the pleasure centers, the dopamine, the uh, uh, serotonin, uh, things that are the sort of the feel-good things. And uh, as a bit of a comparison from a layman perspective, it sounds like the flow is the 180-degree opposite of what's been called a bad hair day. Uh, does that sound fair? Yeah,
2: I think that's a great way to describe it. And, you know, you talk about dopamine and serotonin. In flow stage, there's actually five of the major chemicals all released at one time, so norepinephrine, um dopamine, serotonin, adrenaline, Um, some of the, 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 that's really interesting is that then the drugs that are sought after that mimic some of those stages are your amphetamines, are marijuana, um, are ecstasy, but they only provide one, one part of that brain functioning. Whereas when we get into that stage in a natural state, it's like the ultimate cocktail of chemicals, but it also, it, it, it isn't. It isn't hacked into, it's used in a very natural way, which causes, you know, healing and positive things as compared to the negative. So it really is the ultimate high in a lot of ways without all the negative side effects. But yeah, you're right on, those chemicals are what's released and that is a big part of the functioning.
0: Okay, it sounds like that would be, I guess you could term it, a better high without the downsides. Exactly. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, this is—you've uh, explained a little bit of the understanding and the natural highs, and uh, and and using this uh, with your students to uh, uh, to help them find a better way. And I've heard the kids say, "Boy, this is." A- Uh, you know, after doing a zipline thing or whitewater rafting or something like that, the extreme sports mostly I've heard it about, has been, oh, this is better than drugs ever were, And uh, so I think there's really something to it. Is it this understanding of natural highs and how you can develop them uh, as a healing thing? The reason you two uh, started Crossroads Academy about, what, six and a half years ago. Uh, Sam, you want to talk on this one?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was a a huge piece of it. Um, And working in the wilderness for for seven years, you know, I think just out there, all that physical activity that the kids do, that when they learn how to make a fire, I mean, those are things that give those natural highs, the hiking that they do, taking care of themselves, and it was an awesome experience. And then I would see, you know, kids would go from there off to therapeutic boarding schools, and, and, and part of, you know, I'd go visit kids, and part of it was, you know, some of them weren't, weren't active enough, and, and, and so I started thinking I'd like to create something where we get these kids really active. You know and and that was a big part for me growing up is it just didn't seem like there was a lot to do or it was it easier to, to to do the drugs and to do the alcohol it was it was there you didn't have to go search for those natural highs and and so when we when I talked to Derek, you know a long time ago, we started thinking about doing our own place and we said let's if we were to create a school, where would we want to be and so that was a big part of it. And we started discussing all the things that we like doing and and so those extreme sports we decided we want the kids out there skiing and snowboarding and in the summer wakeboarding and wake surfing, skateboarding. We built our own skate shop at the skate park so that they could stay active all winter. Um, And then just all the other sports, Derek was more inclined to the golf and 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 fly fishing and so for us it's it's really like we have the activities that we do together but our students we we're going to support them in any kind of healthy passions and so when a kid wants to to get into lacrosse we want to we're going to get them playing on a high school lacrosse team when they want to play you know get into the rowing or soccer like for us that's what's going to help these guys be successful so we we decided to to really support any healthy passion we're going to get these guys doing while they're here
0: you know, I have a question. Is this uh, is Academy? Is that an all-boy program or is it co-ed?
1: It's all boys.
0: Yep. It's all boys. So what you're describing sounds to me like a very masculine uh, environment, one with a lot of physical activity. Something that boys are naturally uh, and males are naturally uh, tend to be inclined towards. So uh, I get the idea of a uh, of a guy that wants to get out. He has some uh, wants to get out and do all the kinds of things, exciting things. This would be a good place for him.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's that that work hard, play hard. I'd love to see a girls program like we talked about it at one point doing a girls program because I actually think when I ran a co-ed school a long time ago, you know, we took those girls up skiing and snowboarding as well. And and here 10 years later, I have some of those girls are still coming out to Utah for trips, you know, so it's not just a guy thing. But for sure, that is the feel here at Crossroads, you know, because it is an all guys school. Um, but, but these are sports. I mean, my daughters and Derek's daughters, they're, they're out wakeboarding and, and snowboarding with us all the time, you know, in the summer. And so these are, these are things that for, for both sexes, for sure.
0: Well, let's uh, convert it a little bit to a parent, talking as a parent. And how do you use this understanding with your own children? And, and uh, Sam, you want to start? And how, What ages are your kids and how are you using this understanding with them? Yeah, so
1: I have three daughters, a 15-year-old, a 12-year-old, and a 10-year-old. And, uh, and yeah, my daughters are just kind of stuck doing the same things that their dad likes, you know, and, and, and then they're figuring out their own things that they like. But I started them off, you know, snowboarding when they were little, um, same thing with wakeboarding, and, and they all love it. You know, they're out there, and we're all on the boat together in the summer. It's such an amazing family activity as we all have fun out there and as we're on the mountain together. And then, to me, again, we're just going to, my girls, if they want to get into it, they're all really good singers, and so they're into into all the musicals, and, and, and they love singing, so what did I do? We went out and bought a, you know, got a pretty good uh, recording setup, you know, which you don't have to spend a lot of money, but, you know, you can get a good Mac and the recording stuff, and we have a little room where my girls get to record their own music, and to me, that's a huge natural high for them, and, and, uh, and so it's, it's something where I'd much rather pay maybe $1,000 to set up a, something to support my, my kids doing something that they love rather than having to pay for it later on by, you know, not finding those things. And so I think a big part for parents is doing whatever they can right now to help them find their passions. And so, you know, we can, you know they can do those, those kind of sports with us, but it, it can be anything. They just, We have to work really hard at helping our kids find their passions.
0: Yeah, and uh, I think you're describing what's sometimes called quality time, spending good quality time, finding things that excite them and, uh, and challenge them. Uh, fair statement? Yep. Okay. Yes. Well, yes, exactly. Derek, how about your kids?
2: Yeah, I'm very similar. I have a, a 16-year-old daughter and, and a 10-year-old daughter, and then I've got a little boy um, that's six years old. And, you know, similar to, similar to Sam, the, the, the ultimate goal is those two things, really helping them explore their passions. And then you hit it on the head in the sense of the time we get to spend with our kids doing those things is a great way to maintain the relationship. Um, you know, for us, both here at Crossroads and with our own children, the more we can engage the relationship with our, our children, the better will be long run. And that's the one thing that can really affect outcomes, right? It's the one thing we can control and that is the nature of the relationship we have. And so, you know, as we engage these activities with our children, with my own children, as I spend time with them, you know, these are these are sports that they can be drawn to. They're sports that their friends can be drawn to. Um, there's passions that, that allows us to spend time with them. The other piece that I think is really important in it is that as they as they accomplish the sports, as they get better at them as they progress through them um their their confidence increases right as we accomplish things as we as we gain knowledge, as we become better at things our our confidence increases, and then that plays out throughout their their lives as as my children have gotten better at at wake surfing and snowboarding and skiing and those things. I see them have more confidence in their school work as they as they try you know music, which may be more difficult for them or they 're not inclined to as they 've gained some confidence in these other areas it does It does spill over into other areas of their lives and and so the relationship and the confidence that it builds is is kind of invaluable in, in, in engaging kids.
1: Hey, Lon, okay. before uh, before we go on to the yeah. next, uh, just there's a really – I want to put a plug in for this national program that's out there that would be really great for parents and edu- educators to go check out. And it's actually called uh, NaturalHighs.org. And uh, huh? it it's a, it's a place where they've set up this thing um, where – where all these uh, celebrities that are, they're all drug-free, that they'll do these video clips. And so you have all these great role models, guys like Tony Hawk and Travis Pastrana and, and uh, you know, Olympians. And just, uh, there's a ton of people on there. And for educators, these DVDs are actually free and they'll send them out to the schools. And so great for especially the sixth to ninth grade ages. And... Um, and for students to go to those pages, they get to go watch these videos online for you know for free and 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 to see these great role models and and be able to see that wow, there are actually cool people out there that are drug free and then on there they get a pledge what their natural high is and it can just the same stuff we 've been talking about it could be anything and so they 'll they 'll make a pledge to be sober and here 's you know my natural high and so it 's a it 's a great resource for parents and educators and so it 's called naturalhigh.org, dot org and I would just recommend everyone checking it out and and getting their kids to check it out as
0: well okay so this is sort of a national movement and fairly widespread that this specific thing you're talking about it is yeah it's it's awesome The bethany
1: that the the soul surfer the movie who how she lost her arm you know from the shark like she has a segment on there and it's just yeah it's just it's great for for everybody to you know, it's just a really cool resource
0: Okay. Well, how about the uh, uh, the cross uh, uh, the crossroads of students? Uh, you were talking about your own kids, and I think it's probably similar. But uh, talk a little bit about crossroads because uh, students, because uh, there is more integrated in the curriculum. and I presume a little bit more formal than it is with your own kids. Which one do you want Definitely. to take? That one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So so you're at kind of how we use it with our with our students here. Mm-hmm, Yes. Yeah. So so for sure. It's part of our, our curriculum. We believe recreation is therapeutic. And so we, we don't use it as something that they have to earn. You know, we don't believe that they need to earn the right to, to recreate, to have fun and get those natural highs. And And so it's a, it's a part of our, our daily life here. Where, I mean, every Tuesday and Thursday, we're going to be up on the mountain or on the lake. You know, those are things that we're all going to do together. And Derek was talking about that relationship piece. And, and that's huge because as a therapist, we're on the ski lifts with these guys. We're on the boats with the guys. And we really get close to them because of that. And then every, on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, and on the weekends, you know, they're going to the gym, they're going to the skate park, they're doing, a, you know, just whatever kind of physical activity they want to do, lots of rock climbing and mountain biking. Um, but it's, it, to me, you know, that getting these guys active, and that goes back to the science, getting those neurotransmitters firing. And the research backs up that that, that physical activity you know, is, is going to be at least as good, if not better, than the, the anti-depressants you know depressants and anxiety medication that kids are taking. And so we find that a lot of kids are able to get off medication because they're being physically active. And because we have a captive audience at Crossroads, you know, these kids are going to go out and they're going to do the activities. And you know, not all of our kids are good at, at, at these sports, and but they're going to get a lot of instruction at it, and, and they're going to see that, wow, you know, every day they're going to see some accomplishment. You know, the kid that's never wakeboarded before, all of a sudden, the first time he gets up on a wakeboard, everybody in the boat is cheering him on, you know, and then the first time he gets a little bit of air off of the wake, everybody's rooting for that, and then when he's clearing the wake, and and, and so there's this, this sense of accomplishment that comes from it, the self-esteem that you get from that, from setting. Goals the peer, and accomplishing
0: oh, the, peer those app- the peer approval,
1: peer approval. I yeah, the peer being. approval. One of the coolest things I love about about what we're doing here is when the kids come back from their activities, you don't have these guys having to. We don't have to jump on them about the glorifying the you know the war storying about drugs. They're talking, and that happens here and there for sure, but, but most of the time, these guys are talking about the stuff that they're doing. You know, we're going to get back, and the guys are going to be like, I can't believe how big you went off that jump, you know, at the park today. It was huge, and, and, you know, that's so cool that you learned how to get down the mountain today, you know, for the beginner. And so they're, they're able to relate to each other on a different level. And which, you know, for teenagers, typically when, you know, it's all talking about the party that you went to that weekend, you know, Monday through Wednesday, it's talking about the previous party and then Wednesday to Friday, it's talking about where the party is going to be coming up. And, and so that's how they tend to relate to each other. And, And so now we're teaching these guys to learn to relate without. Being able to talk about drugs and and alcohol, and that they get to you know talk about these things that they're accomplishing, so so it's a huge part of Crossroads, and we think, and it's a huge part of our children's lives, and, and yeah, it's something that you know we're, we we definitely believe in.
0: Could you individualize it a little bit by uh, maybe thinking back in some examples of uh, kids that you've worked with? And uh, I presume, uh, maybe, maybe take a kid that's come in and uh, when they first get there, back home, they were couch potatoes, they were smoking a lot of pot, they you know, things weren't going well. And I presume there was sort of resistance to get out and doing anything energetic. But tell me, uh, describe, take one uh, that you think of and describe what happened, what was his successes, and uh, how the results seemed to be. Sam, you no, wanna try I'll that one or, or Derek? Go ahead, Derek you want?
2: Yeah, yeah, I have a young man that's that's about to graduate with us. I think is a great example. He's a He's a kid that, you know, fortunately in his life had been able to, to travel around the world and had been to a lot of different places, um, you know, Portugal, Spain, and 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 ultimately was living in New York City, um, upper state New York, and, and then in the city itself. Um, you know, when he came to us, he had, he had not um, had done many activities at all, honestly. You know, he'd, he'd seen a lot of the world but hadn't done a lot of things. Um, and and unfortunately for him, being in the city, um, you know, he got kind of addicted to the lifestyle within the city, would stay up, you know, uh, really late at night, um, sometimes through the night, and, and had a significant serious addiction to cocaine. Um, Mm-hmm. So went to the wilderness, had a great experience in the wilderness. Had never really been, you know, in that kind of setting before, um, had not really experienced that kind of stuff before, and, and really bought into the experience there. Um, but when he came here, you know, he kind of came out of the wilderness, and, and not that, that Ogden is a, a major metropolis, but it's more the city, and, and kind of quickly um, found himself wanting to get back to the big city. and and our goal was again to expose him to to some things that he hadn't hadn't done before. Well, fortunately for him the the thing that he that just sunk for him that just made sense was rock climbing. Um and and he went headfirst and then we started and he just he just dove right into it and um I'm not sure it, about it,
0: that metaphor when you're talking about rock climbing, guys.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we may want him to to, to climb his way into it, crawl his way into it. But he did. And and it's had tremendous success. And And just recently, I was speaking to him about that. And he was talking to me about The switch that happened and literally he could feel it physiologically. The more he got into climbing, the less desire he had to use. So ultimately now he'll describe if he hasn't climbed for a few days or a day or it's been 24 hours for him, he'll start to crave it. He'll start to really physiologically want to get to the gym and climb. Um, And what's happened as a result of that is his confidence has increased. You know, he's much more clear in the sense of the differences between what it feels like to do a a line while you're climbing, which he talks about as compared to doing a line of cocaine. And And it literally has changed his life. He's now added to that. As a result of that, he wants to get better at climbing. So now he's added running and And lifting weights, and so physiologically, his body 's changing he 's growing, and now he 's at heel. He even talked about the runners high and getting addicted to that and and you 've seen this kid who went from literally being you know nocturnal up all night, not sleeping, um, had lost a tremendous amount of weight um, and and looked like the walking dead in some the ways to a physically strong, emotionally strong, healthy help a young man that that's literally transformed his life. Now when he talks about going to the city and back to New York City, his concern is, I won't have anything to do. I don't want to go in the city because I can't climb. I want to be outdoors. And now his long-term plans are about ending up in places where he can climb, where he can be outdoors, and he can experience those things. So in a very real way for this young man getting involved in that extreme sport, literally changed his life um, and I believe it set him up with the confidence and and insight to really manage those addictions moving forward he's experienced a different way of living and as a result I think he and he'll report that he he likes it much better it, it adds to his life not takes away from it.
0: Okay well is that a fairly typical pattern of the kids coming there to a greater or lesser degree?
2: Absolutely yeah, I think that is exactly the pattern we're searching for. And, and depending on, you know, how much they get into the sports, tends to be how successful they become. And it can be their education that they get into. It can be the arts, you know, guitar, music playing. But the more they get into their passions, the more success we see long term.
0: Well, let's, uh, on the other side, I presume you've had a few failures uh kids that just didn't buy into it, have you had any experience, and have you learned any lessons from the ones that uh, didn't seem to uh, get with it? Yeah,
1: yeah, I mean, a lot of it actually has to do with the parents uh being able to hold boundaries with their their kids um, and most of the time when a student you know there there's gonna be the student that's gonna you know push the the rules here and push the envelope and see what they can get away with and and the way we set up crossroads is is if you have to be somewhere this is the place to be and the kids all know that and we're not going to have to be a behavioral program where we're going to reward and consequence the kids for for every little thing we're not going to you know we're not going to be trying to get kids out of bed every day that's just not who we want to be we're not going to be doing that babysitting piece and if a kid is refusing and just not doing the the program he's not going to be able to stay at crossroads and 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 the kid that When that's going to happen, it's usually because he thinks that by Crossroads failing for him, that would get him home. But if a parent says to him, hey, you're either going to graduate Crossroads Academy or you're going to go to some other therapeutic boarding school, then you, almost always the kid's going to get on board and make it work. But we're going to have some of the students that are, are still truly drug-seeking and haven't made a commitment to being sober, you know, at least while they're in our program. And the student that is currently drug-seeking, that maybe he got through the wilderness by, you know, holding his breath, kind of lying about some things and... Um, but gets here and as soon as he gets here he's, you know, every time they go to the store, he's, he's going to try to steal cough syrup or something. it's is not going to work for him. We, you know, we, we take these kids out into the community a ton. And, and so, But usually the wilderness, we're able to weed that kid out. He's the one that's still you know, trying to smoke sage while out in the woods. He's not going to be able to come to Crossroad. It's the kid that, that accepts that he has to be somewhere and then he's willing to make the best of it. It's okay for them to slip up. We have kids definitely make mistakes, and then they learn from it. They're going to lose some of those privilege, And that's when we actually do use the recreation piece for a couple of weeks. You're going to be doing some work projects and therapy assignments until we figure out what happened and how you learn from that and then get you back out there again. Um, but, yeah, if, if he's currently drug-seeking and, and that's going to worry that, but most of our kids that have been through the woods, got the eight weeks, you know, eight to ten weeks of sobriety and decided they, want it, they wanted something with their life and are open to trying something new, you know, this is going to be a, a great fit for them because they're going to have the opportunity to, to figure out what their passions are.
0: Okay. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit more about how how it benefits the uh, the you know, and and one thought i had when you're talking about, gee that sounds like people lived maybe a century or so ago particularly rural at uh, they were out they were doing physical things on the farm or logging or something like that and uh, it, it sounds an awful lot like uh, the type of physical activity that used to be a normal course of events and uh, and and that's sort of a a positive would you say so
1: yeah yeah i think we we've lost that today we don't the kids don't have to grow up working as hard because there's not that normal work that's out there today they their work is their school day and there's not a lot of physical work with that and so i think they do miss out you know by not having those that ranch experience and and getting out and actually having having to do the work and i think we uh, not on purpose we create some you know pretty entitled kids you know because they don't have to earn things as much and um... Yeah, I think that the idea here is we get them doing that work hard, play hard piece. And so they're going to have mm-hmm. to do a lot of work in the therapy. You know, we expect them to work hard in school, work hard in, in, in the group therapy, the individual therapy, you know, the community service, and we're also going to play hard. We're going to have a lot of fun.
0: I think a key of what you're talking about is the physical part of it too because there's lots of ways you can work and work very hard but it's not very physical and actually uh, that's a problem I think of a lot of adults where they have work that's more paper pushing or or more uh, uh, thinking rather than uh, physical and so it sounds like an important part of it is get them out physically, physically active, they need to do that in order, well there's uh, studies that say that uh, recess helps uh, kids do better academically in school.
1: Yeah, uh, for sure. I, I think it, it's finding that balance, and, mm-hmm. you know, because you're going to be at a desk, you know, and there's some great, you can get some great satisfaction at your job, right, from creating projects or whatever it might be, just providing for your family. Um, but I believe that getting out and being active is going to be huge and And so even for our students, when they're in their school day, they're going to go out and take a 10-minute break, and they're going to go jump on the trampoline in the backyard. They're going to go skate the mini ramp, go shoot some hoops, you know, so that they can, you know, do that physical exercise as well. And then they're going to have something to look forward to. My work, I want to work hard during the week, and then I want to look forward to what I'm going to do, you know, some activities both with my family, and then I'm going to go running, or I'm going to go snowboarding even by myself at times because I I enjoy that, just kind of being at one with nature as well. And um, so... Yeah, I think it's about finding that balance.
0: You know, another thing, and I noticed this way back when, uh, when I was a uh, admissions doing admissions for a therapeutic boarding school, and this is back in the uh, back in the '80s. Kids would show up with uh, asthma and or ADHD prescription, and. Uh, they were very active, a lot of sports, a lot of uh, skiing, you know, the typical things that, uh, that do, uh, and along the lines of uh, what you do, sounds like you're more intense at it. Uh, and lo and behold, the asthma disappeared, and they didn't need it. Or the ADHD, uh, they ran off all that energy, and so the ADHD symptoms. Um, is this valid? And have you seen that in the kids that come in that maybe have had some of those problems before, or diagnosis?
2: Yeah, I think definitely, I mean, uh, a big part of the chemicals that are released when, when we participate in these sports that we talked about, you know, when we look at the ADD, ADH medication, it's it's going to be norepinephrine and, and dopamine. Well, th- these are directly what's released um, when we participate in, in sports or athletics and specifically some of the sports that, that can really challenge us physically, some of the sports that may have a, a little bit of element of risk to them Um these are these are kind of the things that can kind of push us quicker to release some of those chemicals and so you know being physically active we know directly uh, affects the mind right our ability to think our ability to concentrate um, you know, emotionally it helps us regulate and, and deal with distress, you know, and, and as we see kids coming in, there's such a move towards these skills development in the sense of distress tolerance, you know, mood regulation, interpersonal effectiveness. Well, a lot of that can be can be really addressed with, with being physically active um, and specifically accomplishment in physical activity. And so yeah, we see it across the board that, that kids that maybe have had a history of, of ADD or ADHD uh, some mild depression or, or moderate depression and anxiety, we can see uh, a, discre- a decrease in the need for the for the drugs. Um, and certainly by doing those sports, um, certainly helping the person, you know, be clean from drugs and alcohol. That can also help us better diagnose as well as really see if something's going on. So as we're doing all of those things, we can get to a truer baseline where if, a, if an adolescent really does then, after doing all of those things, still struggle with attention or, or hyperactivity, then we can kind of say, well, maybe medication is more appropriate now, um, certainly with an anxiety or depression. If they're, if they're physically active, if they're engaging their relationships, if they're clean from the substances and we see continued symptomology then we can we can better address that so at both levels both in discontinuing the use of drugs and alcohol or or sorry the psychotropic drugs we can also then see if we need them in a better more baseline kind of way
0: i think what you're saying and as we sort of put together a list or a bullet list of this uh sports sports activity and physical activity is healthy both emotionally physically and uh uh, spiritually, mentally, uh, and all those ways. Uh, and so that's large part of what you do, along with the other things, is say, use these extreme sports. Now, next question. Extreme sports you talk about. Uh, why does that appeal to adolescents? Talk a little bit about adolescents, and that's sort of a no-brainer, but uh, go into a little bit of the uh, uh, explanation of why adolescents need this type of thing. Derek, you want to do what it? Do you want?
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I will. I think there's a couple pieces to it. Um, again going back to the flow the flow process and why we have such a draw to that. One one piece that we know about getting into that flow stage is that there has to be risk in what you're doing. And at times there has to be risk to kinda life and limb in some ways, you know, in the sense that you could get you could maybe get hurt at these sports. When we talked about initially wanting to do drugs and alcohol, there is a risk seeking factor to that. Well that's that's, that's, again, what draws a lot of these same kids who are drawn to drugs and alcohol to be drawn to the to the X-factor sports or their extreme sports. Well, that's also one of the characteristics you need to get into flow stage, right? The more that there's risk involved, the more hyper-aware you can become, okay? The second piece is novelty, right? There's such a need for adolescents, uh, specifically the ones that we work with, to have have something new to work on, something novel, something that that sparks their interest, right? That they can do independently. So a lot of the sports that we do have progressions built into them. Uh, Sam talked a little bit about with wakeboarding, you start with just getting up out of the water, you then move to being able to carve within the wake, and then you move to being able to jump the wake, until ultimately you're able to, to you know, flip over the wake or do three flips over the wake. There's always this progression piece that brings novelty to the extreme sports or to the X sports, and so that piece is a huge draw to kids with ADD or ADHD. PhD, or with some executive things that that there's always something new to work on. Um, the third piece is that that whatever they're doing in that sport needs to be just a little bit beyond their skill level to accomplish. So so here you have this 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 risky sport that they can progressively get better at and that they're always not quite the best at. And all three of those things can really appeal to the adolescents, specifically the ones that we have in wanting to do those sports. Um, It's different from team sports. A lot of our kiddos will push back from team sports because of the... um, the uniform to it or the, the uh, uniformity or that there's person in charge of me, that they're really seeking the autonomy that happens oftentimes in these individualized sports. Uh, so specifically for those kids that we see, these tend to work very well. It's a draw for them at those different levels. And what we know is that, that what they're experiencing in doing that is really oftentimes what they're seeking out with drugs and alcohol. Um, what we've also found is that the more that they're doing the drugs, and alcohol, the less likely that they actually are to do those sports. They may say they're a skater, or they might even snowboard a little bit, but really their, their progression in those sports get really hampered by the use. And so as we get them away from the use and they have a full season to really get good at the sport, they can then really start to measure the difference between doing those sports sober as compared to when they were
0: using, and, and that again then adds to that bigger picture we're looking for. Okay. Well, let's talk about society in general and some of your perspectives and what you've learned. And I'm thinking I have two questions here. One, it would sound to me like the basic idea would uh, – our population would benefit if schools adopted more schools, um, particularly public schools, adopted the this concept of uh, you know extreme sports or embracing more sports and physical activity. On uh, the others is a conflict with our society because some people have said, and I tend to agree in many ways, we're a risk adverse society, and what you're talking about is perceived risk. Uh, you know, extreme sports are not necessarily very dangerous, but uh, there is some risk, and especially a perception of risk, and that's the important thing. And so we have a society that's risk adverse, oftentimes and and we have oh, what you're talking about the healthy so i'm asking you to speculate a little bit on what uh what's happening with our general society and what needs to happen uh sam you want to tackle that one yeah i i think you mentioned in it's the pure schools, spe- that pure, it was, no answer just pure speculation here
1: yeah yeah um you no know, I, I think it, it is it's because of the danger because of the risk i, I think schools aren't going to want to, you know, deal with that. Uh, and I think it would be pretty hard to do some of these sports even though, you know, they're starting I, I think they, they allow some skateboarding to go on at schools and some schools are, are you know, doing field trips to skate parks and things. but but in general I think it is a little scarier and uh, and we forget that, that it's that risk piece that the kids want and instead of saying no, we're going to do safer activities, I I believe if 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 we don't, you know, try to facilitate this it's gonna it's just gonna keep getting worse. And so I I think you know, as parents, it's probably going to happen at that, that level more than, than society. I think society, if we built more things like skate parks and BMX parks and, and really made it easier. I mean, I grew up in, in San Jose, California, you know, close to Santa Cruz, and you would think we would have had skate parks all over the place, and yet we didn't. And, and so it was skateboarding was a crime, and we'd try to go out and, and skate, and we'd get run off all the time by police or, you know, the security guards and, and, uh, and here in Utah, they've actually done an amazing job of almost every little town has an outdoor skate park. And, and, uh, and so I, I think really, you know, and, and everyone's not in my backyard. I'm afraid of, you know, with the skating, the kids are going to be smoking pot. And, and, yeah, that goes on there. But a lot of our kids are on the basketball teams and the lacrosse teams smoking pot, you know, on those same teams. And, and so I, I think society, we just need to embrace it and, and try to – Help people understand how important it is that we that we create this for them, that we create places for kids to do some some risk-seeking things. And I, I think now that it, in the courts, you know, in the past, on remember where you could get sued if a kid broke his arm in your backyard skating. Well, they've they've made it now. So in the courts, you're just not seeing that that suing anymore. That's why the ski resorts are able to have parks set up. That's why we're able to have you know uh, skate parks because you can't sue anymore. If your kid falls and gets hurt at a park, it's these are inherently risk-seeking you know sports risk uh, you know. And so we're, and that's the nice thing. And so I don't think we have to worry so much about the you know, getting sued. And so I think we need to work harder at have parents building ramps in their backyards for their kids, you know, getting out and going to town meetings and and trying to get some of that money put aside for let's create something where the kids are going to be able to play and have some fun.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, uh, and I think one of the observations here is, and he made very clear, and I fully agree, that uh, young people tend to be risk seeking, and if you, if we do risk adverse, they're going to find some way. They're going to go underground and do it. And I think that's oftentimes when the, when they go to, they want to risk, and uh, drugs are risky, and that's the only thing open to them. Uh, if there's no skateboard parks or things like that, so I, I think that's uh, we're sort of counterproductive in our society, and uh, you're talking about what might be the solution or part of it. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Well, let's go back a little bit. We have about five minutes left, and I want to give you a couple minutes to tell people if, how to get a hold of you if they have any questions. But uh, what kind of long-term benefits have you seen? And we've touched on this all through the uh, through the time. But uh, let's talk about some of the long-term benefits that, uh, that you've seen. Maybe some of your alumni, the ones that have come back to do wilderness-type stuff from... Uh, 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 that have graduated from your program any any examples come to mind yeah for sure you know i have a I have a couple of students right now that uh, you know just
1: called us up and and said hey you know we 're building a i want to build a half pipe in my backyard and stuff and 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 just that they've continued we've got we've had guys come here that have never skateboarded before and you know coming to Crossroads, you don't have to skate you know that's not one of those sports that we do all together but it's something that we you know every house has a has a ramp for the kids to skate on and we have our own skate park like i said but um, i have these these two students um, both of them you know they talk their parents into helping them build you know mini ramps in the backyard and and uh have just really continued with with that sport and you know and and we just have a lot of kids that come out and do you know visit us and we'll stay at my house and and come out and and in the winter and and do a little reunion and we'll go up uh, to the mountain and go snowboarding, so they've kind of continued with those sports and um and yeah, I just think the long term success is going to be based on that is is finding those passions i mean that's to me why a big part of why i I'm sober today you know i you know for me i it was i was mo- like most of these kids that i work with and at 21 pass out at the wheel, hit some parked cars, go to jail. That was my rock bottom experience and, and then for me I had to, you know, find things to be passionate about. And so this is a big part of it and I continue to do it today and I continue to add things to it. I, I don't go off as big as drops, you know, when I'm snowboarding anymore, but, you know, now I just took up running, you know, and I never thought I'd get into running and I'm experiencing that that natural high with the accomplishment in running. And so with our students it's been seven years and it's been the coolest thing now to be able to see these guys graduating from college, you know, and, and going off to graduate school and and because of the relationship that we you know, create with them while they're here by doing all these sports, we stay in contact with them. And so right now, Derek and I, this past couple of weeks, we have kids that are graduating from all these universities sending us pictures, and their parents sending us pictures of them graduating from schools. And a lot of times they're schools that are close to resorts, you know. We have kids going to schools in Colorado, kids coming back and going to the University of Utah, Weaver State, where they can continue doing these sports that, that have helped them, you know, find find that true happiness without having to get high. So it's, it's been amazing to see in, in the seven years just where where these kids are, are going with their lives and, and how they're continuing to, to stay active.
0: Okay. Well, that sounds really good. We're have right out of time. We have maybe two minutes left. And uh, uh, would you tell people... If they're interested in talking to you more or hearing more about Crossroads Academy, could you uh, explain how they could contact you and uh, give in about a minute on what Crossroads Academy does, anyth- anything in addition to what you've already described?
1: Uh, they can go to Crossroads. The webpage is crossroadsrtc.com, and our contact information is on there. Uh, both mine and Derek's, our cell phone numbers are on there as well as our email. And so they can for sure get a hold of us um, through our webpage. So just crossroadsrtc.com. Mm-hmm. Derek, you got any final you want to throw out there?
2: No, I think I, I appreciate the opportunity you, you gave us to be able to talk about, you know, obviously something that's very passionate for us and something that, that we believe really helps in, in changing kids' lives and, and helping them work through their addictions. And so I just, you know, I just really appreciate the opportunity for the time today, Lauren.
0: Okay, well, glad to have you. This has been very interesting, and I hope the listeners uh, have learned some things, and there's some good takeaways here. Uh, This is Lon Woodbury with the Woodbury Report, and we've been talking with Sam Dolan and Derek Bowles, both uh, founders of Crossroads Academy in Utah. And the topic has been Healing Through Natural Highs. And be sure to come back next week when we'll have another uh, knowledgeable person talking about struggling teens.